The CBF podcast is presented to you by Fuller Seminary. Fuller Seminary's MA in Theology and Ministry offers a practice-focused theological education. Study online or on campus and learn from Fuller's seasoned scholar practitioners and apply what you're learning to your own context. Whatever your ministry goals, Fuller Seminary's MA in Theology and Ministry will help you take the next step in your vocation. For more information, visit fuller.edu backslash M-A-T-M degree. That's fuller.edu backslash M-A-T-M degree. Since 2016, CBF has brought you over 100 episodes of interviews with authors and practitioners for conversations that matter. These stories of creativity and innovation have garnered weekly support from around the United States and the world. We are inviting you, the listeners, to join us in connecting with the podcast. Become a monthly listener supporter and receive some perks, including name recognition on the podcast, questions for upcoming guests, free books from the podcast, joining the podcast for an interview, and a VIP experience with the General Assembly podcast guest. There are five levels of listener support starting at $5 per month. For less than the cost of a pumpkin spice latte, you will be featured by name on the weekly podcast episode. For more information and to join the community of listener supporters, visit cbf.net slash podcast support. This is the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship's Conversations. We are bringing you stories from across the fellowship through interviews with people doing groundbreaking work and renewing God's world. Ideas, stories, and innovation from ministers, authors, and practitioners from across the fellowship and beyond. Hey, podcast listeners, this is your host, Andy Hale. We are thrilled to bring you another year of CBF's podcast with a cavalcade of brilliant guests such as Father Tom Reese, Washington Post's Sarah Pulliam Bailey, Mark Charles, Soong Chen Ra, and Matthew Paul Turner. And that's just skimming the surface in the first few months. As you know, last fall, we launched the Podcast Listener Support Project. This is an opportunity for you to connect closer with the podcast and premier guest. By becoming a podcast supporter, you can join me on an interview with premier guests such as Walter Brueggemann, Sarah Bessie, and Brian McLaren. So check out cbf.net backslash podcast support. And now, on to our conversation. This week's CBF Podcast Conversation is brought to you by Equal Exchange. Equal Exchange is a 33-year-old fair trade organization that works with small-scale farmers in 20 countries to bring you organic coffee, tea, chocolate, cocoa, and nuts. Serve high-quality coffee during fellowship that matches your congregation's values with prices starting at $0.10 a cup. Fundraising with fairly traded products at an Easter or Christmas event. Equal Exchange also offers a line of products from Palestinian farmers in the West Bank, including organic olive oil, moftul, frika, and dates. For more information, visit equalexchange.coop backslash interfaith. That's equalexchange.coop backslash interfaith. Our guest for this special CBF podcast conversation is Larry Hovis. Larry is the executive coordinator of CBF North Carolina. Larry, thank you for joining the conversation. Thank you, Andy. It's good to be here. Appreciate you having me. 
Well, we find ourselves in unusual times. Um, you've been leading CBF North Carolina for 16 years now, and you've seen flooding and hurricanes and snowstorm disasters. But this is new territory for you. It's new territory for, for all of us. At, at what point for you personally did you realize that this was something very different? Honestly, um, I hate to say it, but it was probably uh, – really just about a week ago, a little more than a week ago. If you go back two weeks, you know, we were deep in the throes of planning our annual meeting, our state general assembly. And um, we, uh, we kept thinking, okay, we're going to be able to do it. We're going to be able to do it. We're going to be able to do it. It's our big signature event of the year. And then when you go back to Monday of last week, we began to realize, Hmm, it's looking like we may not be able to do this thing less than two weeks out. And then by Tuesday, we thought we might have to cancel and, 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 you know, began to do major deliberations, conversations with our staff, with our coordinating council. And by Wednesday morning, uh, we had made the decision uh, to, uh, to cancel the meeting. And then, <laughs> and we felt like we were kind of being on the cutting edge. I mean, uh, you know, at that point in time, uh, nobody knew what was going to happen the following weekend, this past weekend. And, um, so we made this difficult decision that we agonized over. And then by that evening, I mean, the NCAA canceled the tournament. Uh, the whole UNC system had canceled classes. Uh, you know, all kinds of things were going on. The world was shutting down. And by the weekend, of course, most of our churches weren't even meeting. So it really has only been about a week that we knew this was different. And now it looks, I mean, like it's completely uh, disrupting our entire world and our economy and, and everything else. And so uh, it's amazing to me how in, a, in the span of about a week or a little more, we've gone from thinking this is going to pass until, wow, our lives have been turned upside down. Well, I would say as a, as a former North Carolinian and as a former CBF North Carolinian, um, which I, I guess I can still consider myself attached to CBF North we'll, Carolina. Um, we'll still playing you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the annual gathering um, is a remarkable event and it's something that, um, you know, draws people together for sharing resources. Um, but it's about family. It's about community. Um, it's about kind of projecting out vision for the coming year. So, um, you know, this is a safe space. Uh, talk about kind of maybe if you're willing to the, the painful nature of having to cancel that and, and how y'all are coming around, how you might implement some of the strategies you typically would share during annual gathering times. Sure. I mean, you're right. This is uh, an extremely important event in the life of, of our fellowship. Uh, we, um, we did some strategic planning about five years ago and some major research among our constituents. We were wondering if maybe, you know, although it had always been a great event, if maybe it had begun to lose its steam, we need to look at other things. But we heard over and over and over again from people that it's in some ways for them, the most important thing that happens in their CBF lives in the course of the year. So we decided to double down on it and actually expand it and, and turn it into a three day event with each part of it, having some different components, uh, there's a major training and equipping component with a leadership institute. And this year we had Scott McKnight there to talk about Paul as pastor. 
Um, you know, we had uh, a, a, some major fellowship time to bring the family together, as you described. It really is kind of a family reunion for people to reconnect. Uh, we had several, two, two wonderful worship services planned, uh, uh, just dozens of ministry workshops. We had a racial reconciliation uh, workshop scheduled for the Saturday and had a good turnout already planned for that. Um, but it is when we come together, we're not like a local church who has at least theoretically every Sunday they can get together. You know, it's our one big time a year. And so we certainly uh, will miss out on being together in that way um, administratively. We don't do a lot of business at this meeting, but we have some very important business that we transact. So we're having to rethink how we do that. Uh, financially, you know, we put some money down on some things. We're trying to figure out how to recoup those costs, and, and some of them we will and others we won't. And so again, it has kind of left things up in the air, but now we realize that's actually relatively minor compared to the impact this virus is having on our nation and our world. So we're not trying to have too much of a pity party about that. Um, you know, looking forward, we do see this as a very significant ministry opportunity for us. And uh, even though we can't connect with one another physically now, we're exploring other ways to sort of both research churches, which we would have done at the meeting, as well as cultivate community. Uh, and so that's our focus is shifting now. Uh, this has happened. We can't change it. We're not the only one that's happened. This happening to all of us. So how do we make the most of this opportunity? Hmm. Um, now, before you came to CBF North Carolina, you were a senior pastor at several churches, and I know your heart goes out to local church pastors and ministers and lay leaders uh, leading through these unusual times. So what advice would you give to local church leaders? <clears throat> You're absolutely right. I mean, my heart is still very much with the local church, and, and I still think of myself as a pastor, even though it's been uh, – number of years since I formally had that title. And every day I get up thinking about how can we be a better resource for our churches and our pastors. And that's where our staff's time and energy is focused right now as well. So um, I'm amazed, first of all, at the creativity that, that our church leaders have, even as they approach this past weekend when most churches were not able to meet. And so the uh, first thing I say is thanks to, to our pastors and our church leaders for uh, their resilience and um, their optimism and their hopefulness in all this. Um, I would say continue to maintain that hope. Uh, first of all, we need to realize that if you go back to the Greek word for church, ekklesia, it literally means the called out ones. And so you go back to the very root of the idea of church, it's really not about gathering in a building for an hour on Sunday morning. It's those who have been called and they've been called to participate in God's mission in the world. And sometimes I think we forget that. I think we put so much of our time, our energy, and our resources on that, that worship service for an hour on a Sunday that we forget that our real calling is a 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week uh, ministry in the world. So first thing I would say is, remember, we're not defined by gathering those people together. That's number one. I think number two is to realize that we have more ways to connect with one another now than we've ever had before in the history of humankind. And so technology gives us a chance to communicate and to collaborate and to connect 
that uh, we need to find new ways to use in positive, healthy, healthy, wholesome kinds of ways. Uh, and so stay connected. Um, I do think there are implications for this, not only for worship, which is where our first impulses went, but also for how we do pastoral care, uh, for how we do spiritual formation, for how we do ministry in our communities. Um, so all, all these things are, are critically important. And, and so the church will not stop just because we can't come together in the big building, the big brick building with the steeple on top. Church is going to continue, and we have to find new and creative ways to continue. And I am hopeful that we can see this as a great opportunity, uh, not just as a disruption that we hope is over as quickly as possible, then we get to the way things used to be. Reality is, the way things used to be, let's just face it, they weren't working all that great anymore. We all began to realize that um, the model of church that we've been following for a number of decades uh, was, was, was showing its wear, um, that if it wasn't producing the fruit, perhaps, that we all wanted. And we've all been having this conversation. It really started in a lot of ways with the missional church conversation that Daniel Vestal and Bo Prosser and Terry Hanrick introduced us to you know, 10 or more years ago. And now we may be at a moment in time when we can truly move into that vision of missional church and realize it's not just about come here. It's also go from here, be sent to the sent people into the world. So it's a great, it's a scary time, but it's also a time of tremendous opportunity. And I hope that we in the CBF world can be kind of a learning community as we move forward. And that's what we hope to do in CBF. Life. We want to help promote this conversation around how we do church differently, not just for this period in which the coronavirus forces us to do it differently, but maybe even after this, when we now realize there may be some better ways to be the church as we move forward. What kind of resources is CBF North Carolina developing for its churches or what kind of resources are CBF North Carolina churches sending to the CBF offices and, and where can they find these resources? Yeah, well, again, we are right in the beginning of that. Okay. So it wasn't until late last week that we even realized most churches aren't going to meet this week and our lives have been turned upside down. So let me just give you a couple of examples of what we've done already. Uh, number first thing is we, um, we have offered for churches that do not have the, a platform or the capacity to do online giving. We have said, okay, church folks, uh, you can give to your local church through CBFNC's online giving platform. And um, we don't know if there'll be a lot of churches to take us up on that opportunity. We've already had one and we just put that out yesterday and we think there could be some more. Um, and I, a second thing is we have some grants we have made available to churches. We already had some ministry grants for churches to do ministry in their community, some focused on hunger, some focused on immigrants and refugees, others focused just on general community ministry. So we already had that grant in place, but we've reminded them of that. And we've already had at least four churches, you know, since we put out that reminder notice just yesterday, say, yes, we're interested. And then we developed a new grant piece uh, for technology grants for churches that need a little bit of help 
upgrading their technology, whether it's uh, video capability or, uh, you know, beefing up their internet or whatever it might be. Uh, and, and again, less than 24 hours, we had four churches reach out and say, hey, we're interested in that. I do want to give credit where credit is due, though. The uh, online giving piece and the uh, technology grants, uh, we got that idea from Jay Keevey, who is my counterpart in CBF South Carolina. He was the first person I heard think of that, and we immediately checked on it. We already had the ministry grants in place. So uh, in any event, that's something we've already put out there. And then another thing that we're doing is uh, is trying to encourage churches to find alternative ways of meeting. So not just for worship, as people have live streamed and things like that, but when it comes to committee meetings and team meetings and, you know, spiritual formation group meetings, Sunday school classes, et cetera, to say, you know, you can still meet, uh, but there are online tools for that. And a tool that we use all the time in CBF North Carolina life is Zoom. I know many folks are aware of Zoom uh, because our folks are scattered all over the state and often beyond the state. We uh, we do meetings via Zoom all the time, but many churches aren't used to that. And so we have put out you know the word saying consider Zoom as a platform, and we can give some consultation and some advice on how to use that. And we've already had a few churches reach out to us and say, yeah, we'd like to help with that piece. So those are the initial things that we have already done, and we're uh, in the throes now of brainstorming some other ideas as well about the things we might consider doing. Um, There's certainly wonderful resources. I know that a lot of churches are utilizing Zoom. Um, Of course, uh, Google just came out just this morning and indicated that uh, uh, people can access the small business uh, side of Google Hangout for free. And uh, mm-hmm. the only limitation we found for that for some of our local churches is a lot of our senior adults who don't have smartphones or tablets or computers can't access Google Hangouts. So Zoom does offer that unique outlet for people. Uh, but people should be aware that Zoom is reducing the amount of free accounts where people can actually call, physically call in with a landline. Um, they're obviously wanting people to upgrade to their pro plan. Uh, which allows people to either call in or use their smartphones or use their tablets or computers. So, you know, yesterday uh, I convened uh, a pretty large Zoom meeting um, that included not only our own staff, but also uh, some some church, some key church leaders in CBF and CY, as well as uh, some of our partners, like folks from uh Center for Congregational Health, the Center for Healthy Churches, uh, Eddie Hammett, Church and Clergy Coach, uh, to basically share both what churches were already doing and then ideas for what resources we might offer again. So we're still processing all of that, but here are a few things that, that we're considering. And again, this is changing daily, so don't hold me to any of this. But um, as far as we're concerned, number one, we, we definitely, we're going to build a, a resource page on our website putting this resource page so that churches don't have to sift through the entire world of the internet. But, um, you know, they might say we can go here and find some things that we feel like are, 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 are good resources for CBF churches. And so those can range from just the medical and the practical things of how to deal with the virus to the ministry side of things, you know, how to do pastoral care, how to do worship, how to do meetings, how to do spiritual formation, et cetera, uh, online. Um, so resources, and we're planning on at this point kind of a maybe 
two to three times a week, we'll send out a communication featuring some new resources um, and pointing them back to the site where we will continue to build it out. Um, and again, we'll take it week by week to see how long we need to do that and you know, how often we need to communicate those things. Uh, we're also exploring um, doing, and I know some other groups are doing this as well, so we're not reinventing the wheel here, but we're exploring some um, some hangout kinds of meetings. You know, like periodically, uh, we will convene either general groups of people via Zoom or specific groups of people like who are leaders in certain ministry areas such as children or youth or music or whatever just to come together to share ideas, to share what they're doing and, and, and become kind of a learning community to teach one another. So we're looking at the right schedule and format for doing those sorts of gatherings. Um, because we feel like the answers don't all reside in, in some office somewhere. They reside in our churches and how can we share those ideas, good ideas with one another. And then a third thing that we're looking at is we just want to do our own version of pastoral care with churches. So we're going to be reaching out by telephone uh, to pastors and other church leaders. And hopefully in, without too many days or weeks passing by, we can have made contact with every single one of our 300 plus churches and, uh, and see how they're doing it and what they need and, and let them know that we do care for them. We are praying for them and, you know, we're here with them even in the midst of all this. So um, resources, to online community and then direct pastoral care with churches. Those are all the things that are kind of on the table right now that we're trying to figure out how we can do that in the best way. Well, look, this will count as your call to me, your favorite CBF North Carolina person. <laughs> I appreciate that. You were at the top of my list, Andy. So now I feel like I'm, I'm glad I can check that off. Oh, good. Well, Larry, yeah. I, know, I know you're busy, so thank you for taking the time to chat. Um, thank you for your words of wisdom and for your leadership during this very unusual time. Hey, thank you, Andy. I appreciate the opportunity. And and would it be okay if I just mentioned one more thing before we sign off? Sure. Yeah. You know, one of the things that we are focusing on in a big way these days in CBF North Carolina Life is campus ministry. Uh, we now have ministries on about 11 different college campuses across the state. And um, yesterday, and, and most of those schools have, have closed down for the for the rest of the semester. Uh, so yesterday, Wanda Kidd and I had a, a meeting with uh, eight or nine of our campus ministers to discuss how those ministries will continue even when the schools are closed down. So I just want to put out that word as well, that uh, students are in a state of high anxiety now and um we are trying to find ways to stay connected to them and because our ministries although local churches are at the heart of what we do that's not the only thing we do we also work on behalf of those churches in mission settings you know, in other ministry settings and so we're also exploring all those things how do our ministries continue even beyond the local church um in a situation in which the normal ways of delivering those ministries you know, can't be done. So we're finding new ways to do that. So I just want to have a shout out to our campus ministers who do great work all across the state and who are continuing to do that work, even in the midst of challenging circumstances as well. This podcast is presented to you by the Center for Congregational Health. At the Center, we believe God has called and empowered congregations to change the world. 
for 25 years, center consultants, coaches, and educators have been supporting congregations, clergy, and lay leaders as they meet the ongoing challenges of congregational life, including training ministers to manage transition, helping congregations work through polarizing conflict, coaching clergy to discover and utilize their gifts for ministry, and assisting congregations in discerning God's call to future missions and ministry. Center consultants and coaches don't dispense expert advice. Instead, they recognize the uniqueness of each congregation and work to create the space needed for God's people to discern and follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Please visit our website, healthychurch.org, to learn more about the center and find the help you need in order to thrive in missions and ministry. Well, that's it. That's our conversation. Be sure to support our annual sponsors by visiting their websites at fuller.edu and healthychurch.org. Check out cbf.net for information about our church starters, field personnel, advocacy work, chaplains, and much more. Oh, and uh, one more thing. I don't think we've mentioned it on the podcast before, but visit cbf.net backslash podcast support for ways that you can contribute to the CBF podcast conversations and get some pretty cool stuff in return.